cost drifted alarmingly in the betting was, you know, fancy in the morning continued to drift. It was late on the on the exchanges to, to lose. It was something you'd see in a, in a Dick Francis novel, Charles Bottoms. And a very big warm welcome to the Bastards Inquiry Sunday Sermon. Very busy show ahead, so we'll get straight on with it. Joining me as always, my two cohorts, John Lang and Lorne Malvo, Chris. Welcome to the show, guys. Evening, Lang, Evening, Chris. Evening. Yeah. Very busy show, so straight into it because we've got lots of uh, uh, listeners' uh, questions and and points of view. So we're going to go on to the Saturday review, um, uh, we, where it was a Chesham. The two thirty kicked off the uh, the Ascot card a little bit after time in here. We don't usually do this on this show because it's, it's not really fair. But but uh, but but my good friend here, John, um, gave me a message for the winner. Um, not not an info message, not, not not inside information. He didn't know how, what ability it had. He just said this looks absolutely cracking. This is one going forwards, and up it pops at forty to one. Did I back it in the win? Did I? Ella's like John. Uh, what do you think to the Cheshire? I think there was a lot of horses run below par. <laughs> yes. Our two Friday night selections, for instance, man behaved marginally better than yours before the race, but they were both way too buzzed up. Um, and both ran in the manner of horses, lacking experience, really. Um, very disappointed in both. Also disappointed with Alfred Munnings, really. Um, they might have gone fast enough on the front end, but... Yeah, he, poss- he possibly didn't have the form, though, did he? We said, we, we, we touched on that on, on, on the pod, saying that... Yeah, he... it's just like you, you, you get into this thing where Aidan seems to target one at the Cheshire, which is usually a good one, and yeah. you rock along with it, don't you? you know? Point, Point Lonsdale, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but I, I don't think it would prove to be a bad race by any stretch, because... Right, so the winners are good ass. Yeah, well, so I mean, I, I want to come on to this because it's good for listeners. What do you, th- how far do you think this one can go then, at Berks? Well, I think you'd maybe see in something like the superlative next. Yeah. You know, um, and if you book a right lodge type, I would have thought. Yeah. You know, with a view to possibly the. Racing post trophy at the end of the season. Um, yeah. I think if you if you start off winning the Cheshire program, more or less it'd map out for you, wouldn't it? Really. Um, it did depend how he comes out of this. I mean, there was nothing in his domain that say wouldn't come out of it smashing because it'd be like a bloody old shape on the way down to the start and everything. Yeah. And close though the race. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you wouldn't have thought he'd had a hard race to be honest. Well, it was. Inter- I mean, I mean, it was interesting how, how he did come through and win, win, win. Comf- I thought comfortably in the end. And I know people people doubt the form because they'll say, "Well, forties, eighties, thirty threes, you know, monster tricast, etc." People will doubt that form. But I'm with you, Johnny, because if you if if you every a lot you, you tell me paddock wise, and, and it, I can promise you, it's, uh, listeners, it's not. He doesn't tell me very often things because he's probably keeping most for himself. Um, but 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 no. <laughs> But but in general, John is he's a super judge, and so Holloway boy probably it, it could go uh, a long way. That's that's John's thoughts. So that was good, John. That that got you off to a flyer. Um, three or five race the jersey. 
uh, Noble Truth um, uh, winning for the uh, the Charlie Appleby carrots. Uh, the carrots seem to be kicking in late on. Late on. Um, not a vintage jersey though. Yeah, I thought it was a poor race to be honest. I wasn't keen on the makeup of the jersey going into it. I was casting around looking for a bet, couldn't find one. I think Sand running second probably pegs the farm a bit as well. The Varian also I thought was particularly disappointing. Had a good trip through the race. Big drifter just before found nil. Uh, there's been a lot of them lately. Um, not a race I'd care to jump into bed with, to be honest. No, it's uh, I, I don't. I think obviously the best horse won the race, but but um, but no, I thought I thought Dubai Poet shaped well uh, in third, but I'd, I'd got nothing really going forward. Hardwick Stakes, I thought. There was shades of Steve Cawthon uh, about this. Uh, this this was like uh, Ryan Moore's been fantastic uh, uh, this year. Um, I think he's riding head and shoulders above everyone else this year. Uh, just just how it is, he's, he's in he's in top top form. And I thought this ride was ha- exactly how you ride the twelfth fell on Ascot. Keep out, keep keep wide of that rail. He sort of he, he, he sort of used up a bit of petrol early. Looking at the splits, he steadied it down mid-race. Um, not too much, though, which is what I think some jockeys make. You know, like when you said earlier on this week, John, about stacking them up? Yeah. Right? And I think for mile and a half horses, you don't really want to do that because the reason they run the top-class horses, say, over a mile and a half, is because they, they can run consistently even fractions, like sort of, you know, mid-12 and a half, mid-12 and a half. <coughs> if you start slowing it down... Then, then you you just end up setting it up for something that's just got a bit more gears. I, I thought this was a masterclass on Broom because he he gone wider than everyone else, and 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 I think that was that was also the key throughout the day. You watched the 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 la, the, the later race with um uh, don't forget the Mister Cut. Uh, everything on the rail did nothing. Um, it was they were all like off the rail. So I think again more masterclass from more rode them to sleep. Obviously, Hurricane Lane. In you know, obviously not 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 in not in the, the form required to, to win that, and I'm not saying that it's a, a vintage Arwick, but do, would you agree, John, that that was Ryan Moore at his brilliant best? I give that a lovely ride, no question about that. Um, yeah, I, I don't think Brome. There's been certain races in the past where Brome's given an indication he could be a bloody good horse, and um, he just liked a bit of consistency on occasion, but. You know, the person reading with at the age of six, he's a season campaigner now. You, you might say a little bit more consistently tip top performances from Brown this year. You know, I mean, he's a finished article physically now. I, I wouldn't be so quick to rate him off in Group One, Man and Half races going forward. No, not on that. I, I, I do. I, I do think it was a great ride, though. That's his. That seemed to his yeah. maximum effect. Um, there's, there's nothing more on that. But, but yeah, that was. That, I do think he, he is one that looks, looks better physically as well. So, good stuff. Uh, Platinum Jubilee na- na- Naval Crown sprung a big shock in that at thirty-three to one. Um, what, how did you see that, John? Um, through a gap in my fingers that covered my eyes as sacred was trying to plug on. <laughs> And, and, and grab the fifth place and back to each way to get um, and, and my eyes covered up most of the race. <laughs> I, I, I mean, the one I, I don't know if you saw it, but the, the one second 
car of the race for me was the third Artorius. Uh, I'm being a bit obvious, but absolutely no run whatsoever. Like no, when, when, when it, it would it would have won hundred percent, absolutely hundred percent. And I would recommend anyone playing <coughs> anti post to maybe look at the ten to one in the July Cup. I think I think that's a bit of value. I don't I, I don't think the favourite in the July Cup is certain to run. Chris Waller said after for the nature strip, he said he said right, he's back to quarantine and we're going to pe- prepare for his defence um, of a race he won at Ramwick last year. Um, so he's going to go straight into quarantine. That's what he said after the race. I'd, but yeah, he's still at the head of the markets in some lists. Um, but still, Artorius is a definite runner in the July Cup. So let's hope they jock Spencer off. <laughs> Wouldn't be ideal scenario, would it? Uh, not, not, not at HQ, no. Uh, somebody needs to have a word with the Aussies and Friedman and say, that's not East Track. But 10 to 1 interests me, definitely interests me. It can't be a 10 spot, really, because it would have beaten Creative Force. Well, that's that's a shorter price. I thought King Ross, well, actually, I'm really wouldn't show up the lake off a fairly uh, fast red from the Sardine. Oh, definitely. I, I mean, every, everyone's waiting for King Ross in that race again at Ascot in slop in, in October, uh, cha- uh, champions meeting. He, he was unlucky in that last year. With and the amount of water that's going on at HQ, it might be worth a death. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be coming on to that later in the show as well. Okay. We've gone to the Workingham Rohan. That's, uh, coming back to former glories. And this is backed up by the clock. Some blistering uh, frac- uh, sectionals late on, including a 12-second flat last furlong. Um, it should it, it, on that. It possibly should have been in the group one. It looks like they, 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 they've got it back, John. Yeah, what a coincidence. Um, they've done well, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, what a coincidence, exactly. And 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 seeing which James has been on, he didn't sound too impressed. He says he caught ITV. David Evans' interview. He goes, he goes ITV again, trying to sensationalise a story uh, with Dave Evans. Would they try to make taking out the rubbish or wiping your ass sound exciting, John? <laughs> well, when you put weight on to the extent that you wiping your ass can get quite exciting. So. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Ronnie Omelette says ITV the same, just fantastic and super. Um, everything's everything's amazing, uh, fantastic sport, etc., etc. Chamberlain, orgasming every five minutes. He says, uh, not impressed. Does uh, get grinding your teeth a bit, doesn't it? Especially if you're doing your bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> you love that one though. When favourite goes in and they say, "Well, everyone sending punters home happy." I know. I'm back oh, up. favourite fucking year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, so Rohan, good. Rohan's back to his best. He'll, he, he's got to be stepped up in class next. The, the the figures later on in that race were stupid. Although again, uh, he he went onto the rail in that, and we we highlighted um, uh, that on the Bastards on Friday. That's he spoiled the tricast for everyone. I've had I've had messages saying, look at this, look at this. Twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, and thirty one were second, third, fourth, and fifth. Rohan stole nineteen. But yeah, Brian Moore, who's outrode everyone this week, decided he was he was going to switch right across, and made sure he, he was on that rail all the race. So again, that's the class act. Um, uh, another question we've had just before going to the next race, which which going on to jockeys. There was an interesting poll from Icy, and Melbourne eighty eight brought this up, and he said, right, right, chaps, 
uh, jockeys. Who's the, and I'll bring you in here, Chris, as well, um, for your opinion on this. Johnny Murta, Kieran Fellon, uh, the Sardine, or Brian Moore. Who's the best at the peak? Jo- uh, Chris, I'll come to you first. Interesting Good question, isn't it? I mean, I think there's a bit of recency bias in respect of uh, Brian Moore. Um, I think, you know, turn the clock back maybe 12 months ago and uh, everyone was saying he's gone, he's useless, etc., etc. Um Fallon, obviously incredibly talented, but you kind of couldn't trust him, I suppose. So you'd have no, to assume, ben. Yeah. you'd have to assume that you know that he that he was trying. I, I think Johnny Mert is really underrated. I know on the poll he was sort of propped up the table, but but for me, I, I think he I think he would be right up there with them. Um, you know, I, I think I don't think there's that much between them. I mean, you could cogently argue for any of them, really. I mean, it, it kind of depends what they're riding and, and everybody, you know, immediately sort of alights on the jockey that's winning loads of races because they've got great horses. But so I, I don't think there's a huge amount between them, to be honest. And in fact, with jockeys, I think there are, you know, with the, those exceptions, you know, they're all pretty much of a muchness, even at the very top. Uh, I don't think that, there's that many people that are so far clear of the field, to be honest with you. So, murder for me, but that's not a view shared by everybody. Mm. John? Well, I take Wally out of the really lot to be honest, because you never had a worry. No, but I mean, you can't. You've got to pick. Who, who out of them four would you pick, just for example? Atari. Yeah. Is that because he's done it over three decades? Well, I think I, I, I certainly think his peaks lasted longer than any of the others. I mean, Johnny Murder's peak probably was about five years. Yeah. That, even though he was very, very good in that time. That was the question, though, from Isaac. He did say, who at their peak? Yeah. You know. I mean, but again, I'd, I'd put him up towards the Tory level. I wouldn't have put him better than the Tory. I'd, I'd class the Tory as a fairly mercurial talent at his best, very, very hard to beat. Yeah. No, I, I'll go with I just I, I'll go with the Tory just. I know some people who are big the Tory fans will say just. I'm with Chris also. I think like Murta, even though it was probably for a, a brief spell, not like you know before he retired. He, you know that he got his nickname as Group One Johnny. Problems as well, didn't he? The, the weight and the drink and stuff as well, you know. Right? Yeah. And jockeys in them situations, same with Fallon, they, they don't last as long at the top. They can't. It, it drives them mental. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I mean yeah. So, so I, we're, we're, I think we're pretty in agreement there. Um, so, great. Good, good, good poll that from Mr. Icy. Okay, we'll move on with the review. Uh, 5.35 race. Along came uh, the rest, the rescue snakes for when the fun stops. Have more on. <laughs> I meant golden, golden gates. That's what I was. I was thinking about the golden gates. If this didn't win, uh, miss the yeah. cut five to two. Jolly doing the business. Story behind this, uh, miss the cut. Um, Ed Babington that owns it. He he uh, he got in touch with his pal Lee Lee Westwood to say. I've got an absolute belter of an horse here. Um, do you want 50%? And uh, Lee Westwood was doing all right in this golf tournament in Dubai, I think, and said, well, if, I, if if I make cut in Dubai, um, you know, and, and as long as I make cut, I'll have half. So he didn't, he didn't, he didn't make the cut. <laughs> so, so the horse is called Miss the Cut, and Ed Babbington ended up with 100% of it. 
So a bit of yeah, it might have ended up with my case to me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, Westwood, then Chubby Chandler gets involved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so Mr. Cut, uh, again, impressive sectionals through the race. Uh, very impressive winner. Uh, question we've had, and um, I've, I've not put it on my list, but I know we've had it. It's regarding uh, uh, the jockey jock off of Ben Curtis to Oz, crack Aussie jockey Jim McDonald him out of Corrie. Um what would you what would you say uh to the jock off John? Well Judge Bell he hasn't got a jockey has he so he wasn't jocked off. No, I, I think just I think people just say well, <coughs> Ben Ben Ryan Moore wrote it on debut, Ben wrote it twice next. Thing thing is with this jock off John and there's a good racing purse article from Cawthon that, that made me belly laugh. And he said, and he said, Piggott used to hate me. He says, because I was only jocker, I could, he couldn't jock off. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just found that hilarious. Yeah, I mean, uh, just a little aside, George Windsor was travelling in Edward for Henry Cecil at the time of Warsaw Sharp. When she won as a two-year-old, I think with Sandown, and... Uh, he said, Lester got off and said, <laughs> said she's booking her a plane. And he, he was as sick as fuck because he knew he wouldn't be riding the next year. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is it. He, he's, yeah, just Steve Cawthorn, hilarious, saying he couldn't jock me off. And that's what Lester used to do. Literally, back in the day, Lester, and it weren't just. Uh, a trainer saying, oh, I won't want Lester on instead of you. Lester would be ringing trainer, would he, John? And saying, put me on. You know? <laughs> fucking ring the owners as well if the trainer wouldn't put him on. Yeah. <laughs> do anything to get on right. Oh, I know. Funny times. So, Mr. Cut, yeah, it, it was very impressive and uh, certainly a stakes horse on that, you would say. Great time figure. Uh, like I said, nothing to knock it at all. Uh, looking forward to see what they do next with it. I just thought I'd point out a couple of eye catchers I saw. The third and the fourth, mainly. Um, groundbreaker who were fourth. Uh, he will do well over a mile and a half, but he looks tricky. He does hang and he's, his head's quite high. He's, he's, he's one of them that you perhaps, you know, you, you don't mind each way at big prices, but if if they put him in at four to one favourite, say, if one of these Goodwood handicaps, I'd, I'd be uh, I'd be, I'd be balking at that. Uh, and Sun King, again, for Ryan but that did have a nice trip down the outside. But yeah, again, so mid. That round got the absolute max out of that. I think that ran to its 90, 91-ish. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I did think that ran well uh, from back. But I agree with you, John. I, th- I think he, he brought that with a sustained... It was coming from last, but it was a sustained run yeah. from last. And then we come on to the uh, Irish bumper, where Willie didn't disappoint. Indeed. <laughs> That's about it, isn't it? I mean, I mean yeah. it literally is... I tell you what impresses me though, and I know sorry to be a sectional bore, but I, you look at them right, and you know some of these like stayers, these these sort of like real two and a half mile, two mile, two and a half milers. I find it impressive how they can people just think they slow old birds, but yet they they can consistently run like twelve twelve you know twelve second twelve twelve and a bit twelve and a bit twelve and a bit twelve. For two miles, it you know, it's, I I think it's quite impressive that they can do that. If you've got to be good horses to 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 keep running at sort of twelve and a half seconds for for two mile five and a half furlongs. And how, how far do you think Carl in the wind would have won if it settled? 
I just think that's him. He, he is very jaded. Um, I know that's harsh to Sefran Ors that's won five times, but I think the seven seconds and five thirds, he, he does that a lot. In quite, fact, in, quite like Ralph, though, didn't he? You know. he, he, do, he, he does. I, I, I mean, I, I was looking at that in running and I, and I, I laid Falcon 8 because he was on the inside all the way around yeah. and I had and I had the view that, well, by that time, it has to be chewed up, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. By that point, of the, so anything on the inside, you know, whereas, and, and, and again, you watch that race, all, all, all the, all the, all the first three came down, came yeah. two or three wide, or, you know, so, so uh, and the, all the way around as well. So, so I, I think that's, that's the edge for Ascot. If, if you, if you remember in future, future festivals and stuff like that, I mean, I mean, same tactic in Ireland, you know, like, or, or other tracks. When the bumpers the last race and they've been racing on chewed up ground or ground gets a little bit rough, um, you know, inside line. On bumper, it's the widest of all, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. you back you back the wide ones. So I think I think that's 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 the case in point there. But not not really a lot to add for us on that, is there? Yeah. Okay, we'll come straight into some some uh, uh, points and questions. And what a better way to start off, because obviously we 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 accept that no one's listening to us in midweek <laughs> and if you are get a life <laughs> but ellen sheridan's been on and she said i think this is this is to tee you up john she's got one of them four inch tees you know like them big ones a big driver you know for 350 yard launch when you feel when you're feeling it and uh, she says how much did you feel the love during the tributes to greedy betty oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was rather nauseating, wasn't it? Really, I mean, she couldn't even be asked to turn up, but they got it. <laughs> they got it already, and they thought they'd better run with it. That was that was the thing, wasn't it? Yeah. But um, yeah. no, horrible. Was uh, what, what's this thing where everybody has to dress up in Queen's racing colours? Well, you know, I mean, we had it at Epsom. We had it again at this place. The fucking colours has she got? No. You know, because there's a race where she runs 15 pace makers, the mate that'll be uh, in action. Bloody hell. No, they're not they're not doing they're not doing it in tribute to Princess Haya, are they? In their colours. Well, well no. the, the, the that needs to disappear. The people that make the silks will be charging her. <laughs> That's what you want. No. The charge of power owners. No. What did you make her all, all the royals that did turn up? Three loading liggers. Yeah. <laughs> I hope sound quality Every man. Horrible. Right, this week, Chris Poole's been on, uh, a fan of the show. He said, Did Gosden come across as ar- an arrogant cunt or a nasty cunt? Oh. <laughs> Oh, the mask slipped, slipped, didn't it? From this sort of very kind of measured patrician to being something of a spoilt child, I thought. But I think that's probably his underlying personality. He, he really mm-hmm. didn't cover himself with glory. But but again, anybody who can read between the lines ought not to be surprised by that. You know, I, you, only a fool buys into this. Oh, I could listen to him all day. Well, there you go. Listen to that. I thought he was very poor. Yeah, John. Wretched creature. <laughs> Said it for long enough. Wretched. 
wretched. What what would 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 that go for 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 for, for Slim um, and 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 the missus? Yeah, as I've as I've said for long enough, I have no time for any 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 winners they have. I hope have very few afterwards. You know, yeah. um, I have no time for them whatsoever. As I say, I, I agree with Chris with this. I could listen to him all day bullshit. I can listen to him for about thirty seconds and have, have, have more than enough of his control. Do, do, do you think he threw Frankie under the bus? Do, uh, you completely, know, do... completely. Yeah. Absolutely no need for it. All them years I've had together, you don't need to do that to a, a jockey like that. Not in the slightest. You can, you can tear strips off him behind the scenes, but to refer to him as our hero, what a fucking snidey, horrible remark. Yeah. yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. yeah. John, John's riled. Chris is impressed. We're not impressed yet. No. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, still very much an air of these sorts of them and us about him, you know, the jockey, you know, and a few years back with Adam Kirby, the boy or the lad. Yeah. You know, those little remarks speak to his kind of mindset, I think, is very much upstairs, downstairs. And, uh, you know, that came to the fore, I think. Indeed. Dave Bradshaw and Stan have been on. Stan says, when does riding become dangerous? I think we're referring to the uh, the Hannigan situation on the Riddler. I say about 47 seconds into the Norfolk, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he says, is it up to the other jockeys not to take action? So so we have an incident before anything happens and jocks joke about holidays. So obviously not bothered. Must well, have been hard for, for Freddie Tyleke. You'd have needed your tacky tacky instead of James Doyle for somebody not to take action because you'd have wanted a fucking kamikaze, wouldn't you? <laughs> you tacky tacky. You know, anybody, yeah. anybody like that was riding there and seeing what was coming and didn't take action. I mean, if you didn't need a shovel to scoop them up, you'd take them to the mental hospital afterwards, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. And Dave Bradshaw concurs. He said, basically, it's it's the kind of typical situation where we let a disaster, another disaster like the Ty Licky situation happen. Um, and then, and then we then, then all of a sudden the BHA wake up, from their, their, their sleepy headquarters and decide to uh, to trigger interaction. Uh, I, I, I think I think that's it. I think I think we're pretty pretty in agreement with everyone on that. I think I think more punishment needs. The thing is, I think they gave. I think it was careless riding. Now that's not careless, is it? That that that's that's improper. There's careless, improper, and dangerous. I think the the minimum I'd have put that is improper minimum. Be, only because only because because if you watch that, you you have to be an idiot to think he's not deliberately doing that to enhance his chance of winning. I mean, but you have to be I've a complete it, idiot. I've watched it a couple of times and I couldn't see any great attempt to correct that. No, none at all. I mean, I mean, and yet I see this. I see this on a daily basis in Stewart's inquiries when when we get the head on and you can see even young jockeys these days. Uh, they're coached terribly by like the likes of Perham and Dave Cross previously, and all that. They do they do correct the mounts. They 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 do you know when they see them drifting, you know they put the stick down. That's that that's the rules. You put the stick down. Well, he didn't put the stick down. You just give it another three more wellies uh, on on the you know with the right hand hanging yeah, hanging, yeah, hanging left. So the stick can't have anything to do with it though, because they can't fail it. No, well, <laughs> so you can't get banned. 
because you can't no. feel it. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking great game, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a mental mess. It's, 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 I think it's, it's the way that we try and perceive the sport to the masses, but then uh, trip over spectacular, uh, spectacularly from uh, from a hypocritical point of view. But yeah, uh, funny. Um, just looking at more a funny one here from uh, uh, A Bidwell. I like him. He's good. He goes, "My mum back crispy cat in the <laughs> Norfolk." <laughs> hey, yeah, I know. He's not funny yet, but he gets funny. Based on having her cat cremated. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Is this a method of selection any less valid than that used by many tipsters? Discuss. Well, if you're a member of System Bet, you will you you will say that's a better method than than, <laughs> than what than the than the I'm certainly going on. In fact, I would rather have backed Crispy Cat uh, each way for as much as I could, and then that'd be the only bet of the week. Uh, but sadly, that's not the case. Very good. Yeah, <laughs> Very good point. If I thought chucking the cat in the microwave would improve my selections, I'd, uh, I'd give it a whirl. Yeah. <laughs> Chinese takeaway menu, number 73, crispy cat. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Another one coming through here from Tutor Coop. He said he had given the money they've splashed. How soon before ammo racing get rid of their bloodstock agent and uh, the smaller uh, trainers uh, they're persisting with? You can't sack a bloodstock agent. Well, you just can't sack a bloodstock agent. They're absolutely infallible. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Stupid. Apparently, he says, he says the top man is not happy, Bunny. They've he... had 23, 23 runners at the Royal Meeting. No winners. Though they did have three seconds in Mojo Star, um, Persian Force, and Wall Bank. So. Welcome. Facing. They'll fucking take it off you. These rich guys come and they go and they come with well, no, no fucking shirt on. I was liking ammo racing to, to, to King Power. Yeah. And um and, and, and when King Power come in, it, I, I was pretty certain the amounts they were paying for, for yearlings and, and, and breeze up horses was absolutely astronomical compared to any everyone else. He just sent like yeah. every eight Every King Power two-year-old, either Breeze Up or Yearling that they bought from book one, book two, seemed to cost a hell of a lot more than... They all seem to have a bloodstock agent of choice, don't they? Qatar with Redders and so on and so forth. Okay. And, and these, these people must get somebody tipping them the wink that somebody's coming into the game. Because they clamp onto them before you even know they're going to buy any arses and the grip on them like fucking rabid rottweilers. You know, I mean, there's no suggestion of anybody else buying the arses for them or even having a look. And I mean, I mean it's like Henrietta yeah, Knight has suddenly popped up on the over the sticks buying horses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, no, no, Henry Knight. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't get it, you know, because I think. If you're interested enough to spend an enormous amount of money like that, why you would put it in the hands of someone else, I just do not know. You know, if if you don't feel you know enough, well, take a couple of years out and fucking learn enough. Yeah. You know, but, you, you know, in, uh, but, but it's a different mentality. You often get people that are 
ruthless in business and you know make a load of money but they lose their shit when it comes to buying racehorses and they are seduced by you know very well spoken very well bred individuals who say you know we'll look after your interests and we're pucker people and a lot of the foreign owners in particular buy into that until eventually they realize they've had the fucking trousers taken down it, you see it time and time again you know clever people in business just just throw all that kind of decision-making skills out the window when it comes to buying racehorses. And these guys, you know, they find them. They find the mugs. And there you go. Yeah, he's... he's I mean, I, I see I see a similar pattern, but but I'm a racing art, certainly not daft either. They're picking uh, the right the right sort of juice trainers as well. I mean, like... Condra, Bowie and, I mean, conversely, it's a, for a, a fledgling organisation, because they haven't been around that long. You could say Ammo Racing has done tremendously well to find 20-odd horses capable of running at Ascot. Mm. In, that, in that context, absolutely. But, but you know, these guys from business or from a different background that come in, they expect results. And, and you know, in their minds, because I've paid shitloads of money, that ought to almost guarantee success. And guess what? It doesn't. And that's, and that's the problem. And then they either, you know, scale down or walk away and walk away from the sport. But not until the bloodstock agents have had their pound of flesh out of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll move on. Big Pablo's been on. He goes, why do jockeys drawn against the perceived draw bias tack across uh, the track? Surely be better off making most of their own rail draw on their own side. John? <laughs> it is. I'm afraid it is. That's the correct... That's. That's all that's needed to say, really. Uh, it's absolutely bonkers. Don't know why they do it. I don't know if I, I have no idea if trainers or owners instruct them to do. Let's like if me and John own one in the Workingham, drawn stall one, you'd just simply go far rail and take your chance. And you you just say there's no, absolutely no point in coming across. If you come across, you're a million. You've you're probably going to run for slightly further because you're obviously deviating off your line. Um, so I I just I, I yeah, don't I don't certain actually in the walk yeah, yeah. It, it's it's I mean I mean it's, it lit, literally is just just uh, an amazing thing that we see all the time but it has, I mean, it has to be a lack of instruction from owner and trainer though doesn't it really because mm. the the cans are just be running around like this like just doing whatever the fuck they like you know what I mean it's just Ludicrous that what was it three days before anybody even ventured to the stands or else you, you know I mean if 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 you know, if you want something and then that's straight straight track I mean they looked as though they were really in soup coming up the middle if you were drawn out why the fuck wouldn't somebody say it or jockey you stick to that bloody rail like your life depends on it yeah it was all, it- it was it was odd but unexpected. Uh, sorry, but, but expected because th- this is this is what happens. The, the, the sheep mentality, uh, jockeys come a certain way. Er, the, the jockeys at that sort of level for that kind of racing are frightened to death to try something different and say, "Well, you know, I, I'm drawn on the wing. I'm just going to yeah. go like do do the stands rail and see where we're at. The, 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 they'll just follow the rest, but." That's it. I think I fear of fear of criticism. Um, okay, we'll come on to the um, the sardine now because obviously it's been a bit of a hot topic this week. I've I've been a bit of a crit- critic for a while, John. Um, I, I I genuinely believe he's losing 
he's losing his a bit of ability. I think I think, I think he's going. Um, the stats back this up this year. I think he's at twenty one percent, something like that. But but you know he he really is sort of not riding the winners. I think he should do. I don't think he's riding often enough. I, th- I think at his age to be coming out, you know, every couple of weeks and riding something, I, I don't, I, I don't think it's acceptable. I think you need to keep yourself busy, and and whether that's riding, you know, odd, you know, odd track close to his own, whatever. But he should, he should be out more than he is. Do you, do you agree with that? I think his finish is gone. I think he's maybe lost a little bit of bottle. Yeah. You know. Um... I felt the Scatter area he was really keen to take back completely off heels rather than sit where he was. Um, I think that was more him fancying a bit of Rome than the horse. He's 50, you know. Yeah. He, he, he gets to you like that, you know. You, you you tend to say risk more than you say reward a lot of the time. And I, I, can, I can get away with him taking a fortnight off here and there. Um, because I think he'll still win races based on experience, especially from the front. He wouldn't be somebody I'd be going out to when play now. No, and that was borne out by Wesley Ward all week. Obviously, Wesley Ward has used Frankie at most uh, Royal Ascot meetings. So Wesley Ward felt the need to to have a conversation with Frankie and say, no, I'm bringing Irad over, which was even a bigger disaster. <laughs> I think I think Frankie Dottori is, a, I suppose, a streak rider, isn't he? When he's when he's riding exceptional horses, you know, he he ups his game. And I think Gosden hasn't got a stable full of exceptional horses this year. And I think I think his ability and enthusiasm is commensurate with the sorts of horses he's riding. So if Gosden's got some champions, you'll see Dottori will up his game. And I think that's the kind of bloke he is. He thrives on being in the limelight and if he's not you can see by his demeanour he sulks uh, and he becomes by all accounts quite unpleasant and I, I think that that's where he's at at the minute but as John says he's got to be retiring soon I, I think unless unless Gosden unleashes an absolute superstar later in the year I just can't see him persevering yeah. he's no pig at John is he? <laughs> no. No. no the thing is he's got other things in his life you know yeah. I mean Piggott didn't really you know I mean and I mean, the talk when he, when he made his comeback was John Magny is saying to him, "Why don't you make a comeback? You're obviously bloody miserable doing everything else." Yeah. You know. Um... Okay. Nick the Nipper's been on. Said, "Okay, then. So then, when the sardine does retire at Gosden's, who replaces him?" Ben Curtis, by the sound of things, everybody's up in arms about those in the middle of cut there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Chris, who, 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 who would you give the Clarehaven job to? Tricky one, isn't it? I mean, I, I think I don't think there's any obvious candidates at the minute, which which may be why sort of the Tory is pers- sort of persisting on sufferance. I mean, I don't see any obvious candidates at the moment. I really don't. I mean, Ryan Mora is going to go anywhere. Sort of, you know, who else have you got? You know, the Godolphin boys are, are, are very happy where they are, Doyle and Buick. So I just don't see anybody that's an obvious candidate to take over, really. So, so well, mate, maybe... Well, I think Ollie Dale's just in the classic winner for him today. Yeah. Has, I mean, but that, that's a big sort of decision for somebody like Gosden and his master. Like, that's the thing. 
you know, if she had a pair of bollocks, I'm sure she'd be the first first jockey by now. But but, you know, I, I just I think that would be a really big decision for them. I just don't see anybody else at the moment. I, th- I think he's nurturing the Colombian kid, Benoit. Yeah, I mean, he's he's really good, actually. He's, he's keeping his sort of council, he's keeping his head down, he's riding winners all around the place. I mean, I think, you know, he, he might be the natural successor in time, but I don't think there's anybody amongst the established jockeys that you could say, yeah, you know, that, mm. that's the candidate. The, the thing is, in a few in a, in a few years' time, Gosden and Slim might might not be at the might might be be dwindling. Also, I mean, yeah. the thing is, uh, George Strawbridge has been a big supporter of of Gosden, and he he has very few horses in the UK these days, uh, due to the prize money, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He races in France and, and the US. So the backers of Gosden, you know, still the months on land now. Yeah. So, 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 so Johnny G might not be the and Slim might not be the force going forwards anyway. So there might even be a discussion in a few years. Who knows? Okay, we'll go on to watering and self-made bias, which um, obviously we had Andrew Cooper at Sandown and Epsom recently. You know, watering the ground for basically good, and we saw a repeat of that on Saturday uh, at Newmarket with Michael Prosser. Uh, shoving on an absolute shitful at, at Newmarket. Apparently, it was 35 degrees at Newmarket the day before, and uh, and Alan Rutter has been on, and he said they they didn't put a drop on the water gallop uh, because they were too busy shoving shitloads uh, on the on the July course, and then we saw all the all the the the, the turf flying up, and the times suggested. To me, sort of like good, maybe, maybe if you go, if I'm going to be generous, maybe, maybe slightly quicker than good, but just just only a tad. And I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it's good. All this top coming off, John. It it looks terrible, doesn't it? Well, they're strung out all over the place. They're all looking for a, a racing line that probably doesn't even exist. Since they split that course, it's narrow enough, and yet the. You've got some running stand side, some go far side, others up the middle, they spread all over the place. That, I mean, that's not normal for a race anyway. Yeah. You know, we, we discussed how the sheep mentality and the herd instinct of the equine sort of managed together and has them racing in bunches, but you just don't seem to get there on the July course now. Yeah. You know, because they're all looking for ground they can actually get some purchase on rather than just kick bloody foot long clemmies up. Well, you can guarantee, <clears> as <throat> as per every summer, on the July course, at some point there will be a heavy bias. Whether it be far rail, stands rail, you know, there will be, I guarantee you, like 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 to, like tomorrow's Monday, it literally will be a, a bias some somewhere. And that's because when you water and there's wind or whatever and you're not getting an even spread of the water, there's always one side of the track that's going to be better than the other. And and this is the problem we've had for, for years, but I just think it's getting worse and worse. And Redcar, I mean, what has happened there to the local job? It, it's, it's, it's becoming an absolute shit pit. I mean, li- li- literally is. Um, on Saturday, again, it's not every meeting. This is what's weird. I'm, I'm, you know, I do, I do sort of accept it's, it isn't every meeting, but it's a lot of meetings. Low numbers are heavily favoured. 
Now, this is really boring for punters because say you've got a like 15-runner handicap at red car on the straight course and you really fancy one in 13. How do you bet it? You can't. You, you can't bet that with confidence. You can't bet that next meeting with confidence. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? You know, I mean, it just erodes confidence in the product. Yeah, if, if you know one side slower than the other, which yeah. was definitely apparent on, on Saturday, then... It's just, and that again, this this is what we said about self-made. If if you if you if you because if you think about it, if if no one ever watered, you just get the heavens opening from the sky, and unless you get one half of the track and uh, in a freak event and and what with rain and the other half with no rain, then everything's getting an equal spread of rain. Mm. It's this is this is this is where we're at, and the. Every time you like you've said for, for Yonks, you'd turn every turf track into all weather because you, you at least then you get an half reliable racing surface it, it and takes this shit out the equation, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's every rain. Who would actually like, for example, if we had a hot spell and we went up to York for the August meeting, who would have a right good welt at one in that Yorvik handicap that starts a meeting off? Exactly, you would exactly. you've got to watch it. Yeah, I mean Saturday we got Ascot stand side on straight course because they decided to not race there all week. We kind of knew that one. I think that was the, that was the easy one. But red car, I'm always wary of. I'm thinking, you know, is it going to be low? Is it going to be? Uh, he's going to be normal. I, I I never know. Well, Saturday was like heavy low. Newmarket again, we were left guessing. Like you said, spread across the track because it's as if jockeys were trying to find. That 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 sort of bet, you know, is it the stand rail, is it the far rail? And like you say, it's just not normal. You know, you, you've you've got horses that are just, you know, at thirty meters apart. It's just it's, it's crazy. And I think this is this is it's betting on again betting, and this is where we come on to our next subject, which is ITV racing. Oh. <laughs> and I'm not going to go about. I'm not. We could go on forever about you know how how shit certain aspects of it are. But the one thing for me, and 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 I've said it before on past sermons, and a, a very worrying thing is the lack of information on betting. And this is where, I mean, you talk to most people, irrelevant what what's the perception, most people only watch horse racing because they've had a bet on it. If they haven't had a bet on it, they ain't watching it. Yeah. You know that that's 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 the rule of thumb. You know, a lot of people, despite following the sport, would find horse racing boring. If they haven't had a had a tenner on it, so I find the lack of like sort of betting activity alarming, John. I mean, I mean, you've been critical of Gleeson on Twitter this week. Well, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a bit positive about ITV. We've we've had like 28 hours of terrestrial tele coverage thanks to them and exposing the sport, but that's it. Because this knack that they have for assuming every time they put a show on, it's only being watched by somebody who's never seen racing before, is a bit grating. Yeah. I mean, the Gleason situation, I, I just can't get my head around. It was a perfectly sober, um, like, he used to deliver the results in a professional manner on RTA. If he was on after racing with a summary with Father Ted and uh, Robert Walsh, uh, Robert 
somebody else that was Yoshui on there. They, it all Yoshui a, a dead sober straight conversation. Now he's like, well, I, I don't know what the hell he's like. He, he, it's like a half-assed McCritic tribute act. As though he's, he's getting too much caffeine or something, you know? Yeah. And it's ridiculous. There's nothing, you can't take anything from what he says because he, well, he just went and somebody in the audience to shout, fuck you, or something like that, because that, that has happened in the past. John, yeah. John, you made me laugh with that tweet on Cleason. Um, I didn't like the tweet only because I was, I think I was howling at the time. Um, it was when you, you, you said about Gleason and said, I, well, I, you'd think they'd just make him fuck off and give him a bag of shopping. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you, you know, I, I can't get how anybody's in this group for work. You know? <laughs> it's, it, just one of them tweets. That... If they asked you to do that, would you do it? Really? <laughs> no. You know, I mean, no. I, I, think, I think it's sad because I, I think he could have something to offer. Just sat in a booth with a computer on, looking at the Betfair market, and another monitor at the showing, showing the market on cars. I think he could, he could do a job for them. Well, as some of our Irish listeners have said, yeah, they, they, they've said he wasn't like that for RTE. No. And yet, all of a sudden, he's arriving in a red and yellow car with fucking size 19 shoes on and a fucking big nose. Charlie Caroli. Yeah, what the fuck? The theme in which betting is held, it's it's a sort of an amusing sideshow, isn't it? That that That's how they... Yeah. Uh, so oh, let's have a look at this fella. He's got a one out. Let's snatch it off him and see yeah. if we can get him half a point with this daft twat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of fun. It's a, a, an unwelcome distraction from the main business, with people's hats and you know various pissed people wandering around. Yeah, speaking of various pissed people, I'm sorry. Yeah, but anyway, um, the um, my my uh, thoughts on this is the lack of education on betting, and I, I refer back to my childhood. I was I was brought up to to learn fractions and everything else, and you know, and this is. What what we're bringing through right now, again the lads 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 culture of tenorakas and this that, and the other that, that they wouldn't know if they were betting into 170 percent book or 120 percent book. They've absolutely no clue. And I think some maybe education on the morning line that you know like education on the show. They should they, they could have somebody on the laptop displaying say like. Uh, discussing like big bets placed on Betfair, you can tell from the candlesticks on the graphs. Somebody put in like fifty grand in running the other day for Reach for the Moon. Uh, again, that could be ha- that somebody could be watching that, and it's interesting uh, topic. And it, a big in running layer on Betfair wanted to lay fifty grand on Reach for the Moon, you know, and and all got matched. And you know, that's what I mean. It's interesting. It's interesting for people to know that someone. Well, sure, sure, sure. If you fancy three in a big handicap, you can back the three and turn a similar profit on three. Or yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, discuss stake management. I mean, we all talk about responsible gambling. So they're going down this sort of like softly, softly. Let's not mention betting. Let's let's just do a thirty-second idiot session with Chapman and Gleason. But instead. Why not have like a betting masterclass and educate people on what's the right races to play each way on? What's the not the right races to play each way on? When you're taking a daft bet, why cash outs a bad idea? 
Yeah, I'd rather take every last penny. I thought that's what was backing Slayer in Barter. And, I mean, if that got to be, he's working on. Yeah. You but know, he, he, he's responsible he's, gambling. Yeah, there's so many things that'd be interesting for, for, for young young punters and young people that are coming into the sports think, oh, I never thought of that. I never thought that I should be backing each way in this or I shouldn't be backing each way in this or this is something I should I should be looking at. You know, maybe... People out there that don't think you can back to win one less. Yeah. But, I know, this is the thing. Point now is they don't want people to bet. So, so, I mean, that's the underlying um, theme of all this sort of uh, anti-gambling or responsible gambling lobby. The actual underlying uh, message is it's prohibition. They don't want anyone to have a bet. That that's problem. It's, it's true, but the but the absolute again contradictive terms in this is that the adverts are full of bookies' adverts on yeah. ITV, and this is ITV we're talking about. Remember the old Anton Dex takeaway with the with the slot machines advertised till late at night. And and these are the same this is the same channel that is he's full of bookies adverts because they're taking the cash. Yeah. Cash they're take, yeah. They're taking that and that's it, isn't it? That they'll take the money, but they they won't actually there's no appetite to promote responsible gambling or any kind no. of and yeah. surely, surely the best way to, to advertise responsible gambling is not this when the fun stops, stop nonsense. It's to educate people from birth. It's a bit like, you know, if, if you say to a child, oh, I'm, I'm scared of spiders at three, then that child will be scared of spiders all its life, right? If you educate a youngster when they're growing up on, on how to, how to you know, stake management, everything else, what's, what's right, what's wrong, all of a sudden, you, 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 you create better citizens. You, you create people that, that know what they're doing a little bit more and, and aren't going to get themselves into these situations as much. I'm not saying it won't still happen. Of course it will, but <coughs> it, it will. could improve things. And I, I tell you, I aren't consistent with their approach to this in, in any way, shape or form. Yeah. You can put Good Morning Britain on, and they've got a serious in-depth article on there. You've got Anita in Streatham. She's got, letting 15 lads at £2 a pop touch a clout because she can't pay for the shopping and yeah. then now now it's over to Andy Peters for a phoning competition it'll cost you £2 points. Yeah. <laughs> exactly it's the same thing it, it, it's, yeah. you know I mean ridiculous times we're living really is absolutely bizarre but I could certainly have some suggestions for ITV races coverage and I'm sure you could listen as well so I hope you've enjoyed our chat on that um, we come on to uh, a drug fine for John Halley, Coolmore vet, <laughs> now training, of course, for his horse Iberia that won uh, uh, back it back a while ago. I don't know, I don't know when it was. Uh, quite quite a fancied horse that day, and um, you know did the business under under a under a drug that was uh, basically blamed on the dog, John. So we'll do it, you know. I mean, I've said for a long time these dogs running a mocking stable. <laughs> I mean, I mean, by the sounds of it, dogs being wandering out stables, and apparently you could, you could, you know, it's pissed, it's pissing around, it's pissed all over, whatever, and that's how the horse has probably, you know, got got the the drug from the dog. Pissing everywhere. Blame it on the dog. I'm telling you. Yeah. The, the well-known piss lickers are asses. Yeah, yeah. Tuta Coop and John Hines have also mentioned that, and also said, "Isn't isn't it isn't it timely that that and three other uh, drugs cases going through right at this moment, or, or referrals for J.P. Cahill, John McConnell, and P.F. O'Donnell have been referred for substances, and the dating question, 
17th of June was the referral. That was on the Friday during Royal Ascot when no one's bothered. Um, there you go. So that's what I mean. It, it, it'll only make headlines when, when it needs to make headlines. But, I mean, there's, there's little we can do on this, but at least the Irish Horse Racing Board are, are, are doing things. Samples going back to Newmarket, as always, but at least they're making it public and we can see it for what it is. Okay, we're coming to the end of the show because we're running out of time. Jimmy Lindley, John, anything? Not this week. Not this week for John. Just quickly for me, it's not really a Jimmy Lindley as such in terms of lovely hands, but uh, Willard Creek at Redcar um, in the 438 race um, was... <laughs> uh, I've talked about the draw, so it's all relevant to the show. Uh, low draws were advantage. Grantley Hall pissed up, could have won by 25 lengths if it wanted. But Willard Creek, I think, will be underestimated next time due to the fact... Uh, it was it was carried right at the start, uh, so Noel Edmonds who was on it, he, he couldn't he couldn't get it in the right place where he wanted it. Ended up in the soup for about a furlong. Ended up then at the back, um, on the on the, on the far side, and he was never going to catch the winner. But I just think people might think after that, oh well, you know, Unger bit, um, it's not as good as what they think. But they couldn't get enough on it that day, so they must think they're better than what they are. So I'm thinking Willard Creek will probably go off a price where punters are doubting it. Don't doubt it. If they find a race it can win, Willard Creek will be winning. That was a very disadvantageous run in the 438 red car Saturday. So hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, great fun as always. And thank you for your input this week. It's been superb and we can, we can, we've discussed it and enjoyed discussing your topics and thoughts. That's all from me, John and Chris. Bye for now. Right, the show's over, boys. Thank you very much.